The book of Ruth, chapter number one. Ruth, chapter number one. I want to begin reading in verse number 19. We'll include the remainder of that chapter. Ruth chapter 1, beginning at verse number 19, it says this, So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth, the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. You may be seated. Our Father, Lord, as we bow in Your name tonight, God, we're certainly thankful. God, we're certainly honored, honored first of all, just to call upon Your name. God, we're thankful tonight to know that our names is written in heaven. Isn't it wonderful to know tonight that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life? To know that we've been redeemed, to know that we've been born again, to know that we've been saved, been blood-bought by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus. God, we're thankful for the plan of salvation that was made so simple that even I could understand and comprehend, Lord, that you love me that much. God, I just want to thank you. Lord, I just want to praise you just for what you've done for me and who you are to me. God, I pray, Lord, that you use this tonight. Father, I pray, Lord, that you take this stammering tongue and God, that you preach to us the message. God, that you intend to be heard tonight. And Father, I pray that you'd be honored, Lord, that you'd be lifted up, God, that you'd be glorified and praised above all. And if there's one under the sound of our voice, Lord, that has a need, has a burden, Father, I pray that you meet right where they're at this day. Give them the help, Lord, that they need. Father, we love you. We praise you and thank you. And it's in Christ's name we pray. And amen. I want you to notice tonight in verse number 21, I believe it is, where Naomi said this. She said, I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Now, I want you to think about this tonight. I want to preach on this tonight. And I know it's maybe you've heard it before. Maybe I've even preached this before. I'm not even sure, but I think perhaps maybe I have at one time or another someplace a while back. But I, I, my mind's failing me there. But, but I want to preach on this tonight. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. I want you to know that you can go far. You can go long. You can go wherever you want to in this life, but I want you to know when you leave your roots, when you leave your home, you're going to miss something about it. There's something there 
that you're gonna that you're gonna miss. There's something there that's so special about about home. Now I want you to think about this. There's three. Uh, I believe there are three ways that we can look at home here, just briefly. And I believe this that maybe perhaps three definitions of home, if you will. And I believe the Bible shows us this. And I believe, first of all, I believe that if when you read about a home in, in the Bible, maybe it's a tent. Maybe it's it's a place of dwelling. It's a place where we live. It's a place where we stay, if you will. It's a tabernacle, if you will. It's where we live. And then you think about this. And then you think about maybe uh, someone would ask you tonight after this service is over, where are you going? You might say, well, I'm going home. Going to that place where we live. Going to that dwelling place where we live. But then you think about this. I also believe that it could be classified as a, as a country, as a land, as a nation, as, a, as a, a place where you and I know of as home. If you travel outside of the United States, which we have a time or two, you, you know that the United States is home. There's no place in this world like the United States of America. And you don't, it don't take you long when you get out past the limits of that to know that there's something special about this place that God has allowed us to live in. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. And let me just say this. I am proud and I am glad to be an American. I stand and salute the flag. I stand when the national anthem is played and sang. Or sung. I stand and give reverence to this great country that God has allowed us to live in. And I thought about this. I thought, going back in our memories. How many of you can remember going back and maybe you hear... The old folks talk about the good old days. When they go back in their minds, they go home. They go to that place where they were raised. They go to that place where mom and dad lived. And they lived under the, under the influence of mom and dad. And, and, and those close-knit families. There's something special about going back to the days of old. Going back to, the, to those good old days, if you will. Going back home in your mind and in your memory so often. You know, I'm reminded... I'm reminded of a little boy probably close to 35 years ago now that there was no place like home to that little boy. He was what you would probably call a mama's boy. And if you've got a problem with that, you and I will talk out on the parking lot after the service tonight. But I, I, remember, I remember one time when... He thought that little boy thought he wanted to go to his grandparents and stay on the farm in Calhoun County one time. And he went, and he got up there, and it wasn't long he got to thinking about things at home. And he got to thinking about things that he missed, and got to thinking about mom, and got to thinking about dad, and thinking about different things about home. And he got homesick. It wasn't long, Grandma and Grandpa was coming down Interstate 79, heading up that little holler and turning across that bridge on Little Creek. And this little old boy jumped out of that truck. Glad to be home. There's no place like home. Something special about being home. You know, it was when Naomi left Bethlehem and went over to Moab that she realized that there was no place like Bethlehem. You realize that? 
Sometimes it takes us getting away from things to realize what we've got or what we've had. And you remember when Nehemiah was drug out into captivity and he got to thinking about home and he had a desire to go back down and rebuild the city of Jerusalem. It was in those times that he realized that there was no place like home. You remember Jacob when he left home and and he ran away from home. He was scared of his brother and he left and he was running on his own and he got to thinking about mom and got to missing mom and realized that there's no place like home. And you remember, was it Gomer that left Hosea and went out to live a life of a prostitute? And when she got out into the world, realized that there was no place like home. And you remember when Jesus went across the sea there that day to the land of the Gadarenes and He got out and there was a man that lived among the tombs up there on the hill. They called Him Legion. You remember when Jesus healed Him and Jesus saved Him and, and He wanted to go with Jesus, but Jesus told Him, said, hey, you go home. That's what Jesus said. He said, you go home and you tell your family of the good things of what I have done in your life. I want to remind you tonight that there's no place like home. I want to instill in your minds and in your thoughts tonight that there is no place like home. There's something special about home. And I'm convinced tonight that if we could go around this room, every one of us could give vivid details of home. Going back in your mind, there's, there's things that only you can remember. Maybe mom and dad can't remember. Your, your siblings or brothers and sisters can't remember. But I'm convinced tonight that there's only things that you can only remember about home tonight. There's something special about home. You remember, wasn't it, in that movie, Wizard of Oz, that that young lady clipped her heels together and repeated to herself, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's three things I want to share with you tonight and we'll be done. But I believe that the Lord would, that God would want us all to have in a home. And I'm convinced tonight that one of these is simply this. I, I believe that, well, let, let, me, let me just back up and say this. I, I know that I see several young people here tonight. We appreciate those young people that have chosen to be with us on a Sunday night. But let me just say this. These are the best days of your life. If you're living under the influence of a Christian mommy and a Christian daddy, living in a, a Christian home, these are the best days of your life. And I'm convinced tonight, if you, you know, maybe there's some of you here that's thinking in your mind, well, I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait to go do this or go do that. Get out of the, the reach of mom and dad, if you will. But let me say this, right now is the best days of your life. The very best day. If you don't have to fill out a, a now let me, just, let me clarify something here. I have never made a, a payment in my body. Thank God for my wife. I'd be in a mess. I've, I've never made the first payment in my life. But if you don't have a water bill, if you don't have an electric bill, if you don't have a car payment or a home payment, you're blessed tonight. And if you live in a Christian home, you are absolutely blessed tonight. And these are the best days of your life. But you know, I believe this tonight. I believe that God would want every one of us 
to have a home to relax in. Now let me just say this. There's an absolute difference between a home and a house. There's lots of things that go in a house in order for it to become a home. You can have the shell of a building and it's just a house. But it takes something special for that house to become a home. But I'm convinced tonight that God would want every one of us to have a home to relax in. You think about that. You know, I believe that every Christian home ought to be welcoming. Ought to be inviting. You, you think about it, it's a place it, It's a place that we can escape from the, the, the things of the world. We come in dragging from work and, and, and it just seems like the weight of the world is beating down on us and you know what, we just want to steal away and get away a little bit and I believe that that is a place of home. That is a place of where we can get rid of the things of this life and get rid of the things of this world and relax a little bit with our family. You know, and I thought about that family and I thought about the, the affection. You know, I, I believe a, a home is a place where we ought to love one another. A home is a place where we ought to be able to hold hands and ought to be able to kiss and, and hug and love one, one another and show affection one to another. You know, I was gone for almost two weeks. And when I got home, I was there was nobody there. Andrew was gone somewhere. I'm not sure where he was at. Annabeth, I believe, had a soccer game, and her and Sarah was at that soccer game. And when I got home the other day, there was nobody there. I went in and got a shower. I've been up for like 30-some hours. And I went in and got a shower. And even, I think even before I got out of the shower, I heard Andrew in there fumbling around. And I got myself dressed, and I come out there, and you know what the first thing I done? Minute, young man, we embraced. I got that young boy's neck and I kissed him on the cheek and I told him I loved him. Told him that I missed him. There's no place like home. And it wasn't long. I was sitting at the table and I heard the door open and here comes Annabeth. She had her arms plumb full of stuff from her soccer game and she threw those things on the floor and ran over and jumped on Daddy's lap. And I hugged her and I kissed her and I loved her and I told her that I loved her. There's no place like home. It wasn't long I got a hold of my wife and I loved on her and kissed on her and hugged her. Before we knew it, all four of, four of us were wrapped around there together. There's no place like home. Appreciate what God has done at 119 Great Drive. Bless His holy name. The place that we ought to show affection one to another. Show appreciation one to another. You know, we ought to appreciate each other. You know, there's never a time my wife cooked a wonderful meal. We had breakfast for dinner. Had what I would call a cathead biscuit. Praise the Lord. About that big around with butter. Oh my. Bless the Lord. Bacon and eggs and sausage and fried taters. And we sat down and ate as a family. And I thank my wife for the meal that she cooked. There's not a time goes by when I don't thank my wife and appreciate the fact that she takes time out and she works. Comes home and scrambles around and, and she gets us something to eat. And I appreciate my wife. Appreciate my kids. And I, it, this is, 
this is hard for me to do, but and I don't want nobody to take this the wrong way, but I've got the best kids. I thank God for my children. That young lady right there, I don't think I've ever had to whip her. Just look at her crossways and she just falls apart. Andrew, now he's a little high maintenance. <laughs> he's a little high strung. And the biggest problem that I've got with Andrew is picking on that little red-headed girl and aggravating the daylights out of her. He'll back her up in the corner every now and then. He better watch out. He's going to come out of there. But I appreciate my family. There's no place like home. I love my children. I love my wife. I love my family. I love my church family. A place to relax. You know, the average home, you know, I understand that even the average Christian marriage, or 50%, I believe, that 50% of the Christian marriages end up in divorce. And you know, the average home is, is nothing but chaos and confusion and anger and hatred and strife and malice and, and grief. The average home is, is, is turned upside down. Children, if you live in a Christian home tonight, you ought to thank God every day. You ought to appreciate the fact that your mommy and daddy bring you to church and take you to church and love you enough to tell you and show you about Jesus. I thought about this. I believe that also God would want every home to be a home to rejoice in. You ever think about that? To rejoice. And I believe that's why he established the local church. A place that we can escape, get away from the things of the world, and come in here and raise up our hands and rejoice and praise and lift up his holy name. Glorify the God of heaven. You know, it's a place where we come to share each other's burdens. You know, the Bible tells us that we ought to share one another's burdens. And you know, when when one section of the church hurts, you know, we all ought to hurt and grieve and carry and share each other's burdens. You know, at times, there have been times in my life, and it hadn't even been just at long ago, I was talking to someone, had a conversation with someone, and and I could tell that they were stressed. I could tell that they were burdened. They were under a load. And they were just, just going. I was just there. And before I knew it, they was hugging me. They was thanking me and, 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 and thanking me for, for what I did. And I'd never said a word. But you know, sometimes we just need to listen. Just need to step back. And you know, I believe some of the greatest advice that we can ever give is what we don't say. Amen. Is what we don't say. But I remember this. I, I'm reminded of a... I'll be down here in just a moment. It won't be long. You know, at, at those times, they, these people were looking, not looking for someone that had all the answers, but just looking for someone that cared enough that they might be able to, 
expound a little bit to them and, and, and maybe bend a little bit and get some things off of their mind and their chest. And you know, at times that do a lot of people good. And just listen. Have a good said. I believe that's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much as we talk. Sometimes we'll make a mess of it if we put our thoughts into it. You know, I'm reminded, I'm going to share this with you, and I'll be done in just a moment. I'm reminded of a young man that I think he was about 15 years old, and he ended up in prison. Just, he was out of control. Parents couldn't control him, he ended up in prison. Well, the judge came to his father and said, told his father, I want to work with him. See if we can... You know, get him out and get him straightened up. And is there some place that you know, that you got? And he said, "Yeah, I'm going to send him to my uncle's or my my brother's place down in Mississippi, and he's going to haul haul for it." Sure enough, they took him down there that summer. He had no idea. He lived in the city, had no idea what haul for was. He got up where his uncle said, "Well, let's go to bed." And the first night they got there, so we're going to get up early in the morning. And Got him up at 4 o'clock. He said he didn't know the Lord was even around at 4 o'clock in the morning. And he got up and got some breakfast. And, and he went out and he didn't even know what pulpwood was. But he said his uncle had had two horses. And he said it looked like those horses had come uh, from the Civil War. He said them things looked like death walking. And two horses did. And he said he gave him, he weighed 105 pounds, I believe he said. And he gave him a 95 pound chainsaw and here he went to cut the brush. And he said it wasn't long that he had enough wood there and he had a, he had a sled and he loaded this pulpwood up on that sled and he hooked that team of horses up and, and he said them horses, they said, look like death. But he, he said that them horses, he, he said they had turn signals on them. He said when that guy would say gee, he said that horse would turn to the left. And he said when it say haul, it would turn to the right. And he said whoa, it would stop. And he said giddy up and, and that thing would take off he said that thing back would straighten out and, and up that mountain it would go just as hard as it could go dragging that pulpwood to the top of the hill to where the truck was at and on the way back to where they was unloading the wood the young boy told his uncle said well, you killed them horses them horses ain't going to make it till they get home them old things they said they're, they're about dead you, you wore them horses from out there they're going to We'll wake up in the morning and all four hooves be straight up in there and the things will be dead. Said he got them things home, took the bridles off of them, and opened the, opened the door of the trailer. That thing went out through there just as hard as it can go. And that young boy said, See, I told you, said, you've done working come out of his mind. And his uncle said, No, wait a minute. He said, That horse knows when that bridle comes off that the burden has been lifted the burden. He's been relieved of the burden. And he said he knows that he's had a rough day today and he knows that tomorrow's going to be a rough day, but, but for the moment the bridle's been lifted, the burden's been lifted and he knows that, that he's going to get fed. He knows that food's going in the trough. He knows that water's going in the bucket. And he knows that he's going to get fed and he's going to get nourished. You know what we ought to do sometimes? Before we walk through these doors, take the bridle off. Take, take it off and throw it out. You know what? Take the saddle off. A lot of times we walk in this place and the devil's riding our back before we ever even walk in. We can't even have church because 
we're carrying the load and the burden and the weight of this world on us. But you know what? When we come to church, we ought to be able to lift up our unholy hands and praise His holy and His righteous name. You know what? We ought to know that this is a place that we can come to get fed. Know that this is a place that we can come and find a cool drink of water and come to know that we're going to get fed here in the house of God. Thank God. Thank God for the preached Word of God instills in our hearts and our lives. And you know, it's the Word that we're begotten by. Appreciate the Holy Word of God. I'm just about done. I want to share this with you and I'll be done. But I thought about I thought about this. I believe that God wants us to have a home of rest. You know, if you think about it and you're reading, I believe it's in Hebrews chapter number 4, you'll find that I believe that whole chapter is dedicated to the word rest. And, and so many times you can read about, about the word rest there in Hebrews chapter 4. And I like what verse number 9 said. It says, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. And you know, there's, there's coming a day when we're going to lay off the weight of this world. We're going to lay off the burdens of this world, the strife and the chaos and, and the confusion of this world. We're going to shut those things off. And we're going to have a one day, if you think about that, you know it's still day number one in heaven. And it will be tomorrow as well. There's going to be a day of rest. You know, I like what Jesus told the disciples there in John number 14. He said, when he talked about going and preparing a place that we might be able to go and be in that place with him. And have that, I believe he talked about a mansion there. I get excited thinking about home. There's no place like home. You know, and I thought about it when, I believe it's in Hebrews chapter number 11, I believe it is where Abraham, he was a sojourner, and he, he looked for that city whose builder and maker was God. You remember that and, and, and how that he, I believe he had in his mind, he was looking for home. You know, there's been times in my life when I get homesick. Not for 119 Grand Drive, but I get homesick to go home to be with the Lord and I get a, get a calling and a yearning. God wants me to come home. I believe God desires for you to come home as well. A place of eternal rest. I believe it was in Ecclesiastes that the writer talked about the long home. A place of eternal rest. Andrew, would you come back to the piano, please? Young ladies, are you able to come and get us a song of invitation? Now, I want to invite you tonight. I want to encourage you. Lord has spoken to your heart, if the Lord is speaking, why don't you trust Him and why don't you mind Him tonight? There's no place like home. Maybe you young people, you've got in your mind that you just can't wait to get away from mom and dad. You can't wait to get out of the reach of them. I want you to know you're going to make a mistake just as soon as you do that. 
Maybe you just need to talk to the Lord tonight. Why don't you stand with us if you're able? I just want to invite you and want to encourage you tonight. Just trust the Lord and mind the Holy Ghost of God tonight. What do you have, my name?